G'day community and welcome to the Jock Reynolds Tradio podcast episode 2 coming to you on a Wednesday night full of action and I'm Dog. I'm joined by the best in the business from all the way out in Perth. Damo, how are you? I'm good, I'm good. Lots to unpack today. Heaps to get through and we're joined once again by them. He was missing for a while but he's back. Patch, how are you, you beautiful bastard? I'm all right. I moved into state during a pandemic. Anyone considering it, don't. Dumb idea. Terrible idea. But we're back. We're, I'm all right. I can tune in just in time for trade week. And it's all happening. It is all well, happening. At least you can lounge on your couch, watch some cricket when <sighs> that starts, tune along to all the trade action. Isn't that right? Oh, don't bring up the couch. Do not bring up that I have to wait three months for a couch and I'm sitting on camp chairs from Kmart. Uh, uh, the lap of there. luxury that the podcasters live in. Exactly, exactly. Um, but before we get into it, speaking of the cricket, uh, we've been doing cricket content for anyone that has missed it. Yes, there's podcasts coming out the wazoo, content on the website. We did a, a couple of us did a live stream on the Herald Sun Facebook page the other day. It's all happening. I'm really looking forward to getting more people involved and uh, getting it really ramped up. We still don't even know what the season looks like. Damo, you've been running most of this, and geez, you've done a beautiful job. Yeah, you floated the idea, and I just sort of took it with both hands and pretty much took it from you. And I appreciate it with all my heart. So make sure you sign up for Supercoach BBL and come along the ride with us. But boys, we've got to get into AFL news because a lot happened today, not just from a trade perspective. We had some big announcements around the future of the AFL. We didn't have anything on TPP or list sizes, but hey, let's talk about what we do know. Who needs to know list sizes? Not like we're making any big decisions around playing lists over the next week or so anyway. I don't know what you're no, talking about. No, no. No, well, you, you don't need to know any of that because um, why would you want clear and concise rules and instructions anyway? Let's not get angry uh, again. Okay, Damo. A few things have happened. AFL House made an announcement today about NGAs, Next Generation Academies, which focus primarily on Indigenous and multicultural players. Basically, the AFL is taking over the development of these pathways instead of um, just leaving it to the clubs. The clubs will still be a part of it, but for the most part, it's going to be a... um, AFL run thing for the 2021 and 2022 NAB drafts. The key headlines from this are that you no longer will be eligible to match a bid on an NGA player from your academy prior to pick 21. So if it's a super talent like Jamar Oogle, what's his name? Jamar Oogle Hayward? What's his name? Jamara Oogle Hagen. Oogle Hagen, thank you. I've only ever called him Jamara. Um, who's going to be the number one pick or should be the number one pick. You can't do that anymore from next year if it's inside the first 21 selections. Players um, will be eligible to be matched from pick 21 to pick 40. That'll only cost you 197 draft points. Draft points are meaningless. And then from the third round onwards, you can basically do whatever you want 
you can use your next pick. It doesn't really matter if someone bids at that stage. And then rookie list is free for all. From 2022, your teams will not have access to anyone in the top 40 for bidding, uh, for matching. So if a club, if a club wants a player who's top 40 talent, they just get to pick him with the draft pick. And then um, from pick 41 onwards, which are the more speculative picks, you're going to see clubs using their next draft pick. Boys, have you got any thoughts on this other than hallelujah, it's about goddamn time? I think it creates for a more fair system and will stop clubs signing players eligible for their NGA Academy one or two years out from from the draft. I know... um, the Dockers did it, so they probably haven't been very honest in that space, even though it's been uh, available to them. Um, but now they're not able to do that like they would, do, like they did with uh, Liam Henry. I think for me, it's a good step in the right direction. I think it should be applied to all academies. I think there's a lot of uh, different academies that fall outside of these NGAs at the moment, including those father-son farms they seem to put together at clubs now. But so I think it's a step in the right direction. I think it's almost uh, almost going to make things fair. There's going to be times where, you know, the Gold Coast have 7 billion different concessions will benefit from it still, probably. Um, but I think for the most part, this is a step in the right directions and it, and it means maybe we'll see a bit more, um, a bit more of a fair draft and maybe less uh, bending the rules. Like a guy like Jamara, who's going to go to the Bulldogs because he came out of the West this year. I mean, he's basically been raised and by... Um, by those young development teams, by his private school. Like, the Bulldogs actually had not a heap to do with him. He just fell into their area. So it stops this from happening, which I think is a good thing. The other thing they've floated, which isn't confirmed yet, but they've suggested to the clubs, is the um, mid-season rookie draft is not going to exist next year in this model. It's going to be a effectively a free agency waiver wire, which is really, really promising step towards proper free agency and proper freedom of movement in the AFL. Basically, uh, if clubs were eligible to be drafted but don't get drafted, they'll be able to, prior to the season, put their hands up to go into this pool of players. Um, And at the end of rounds 4, 8, and 12, um, clubs will list players that they are interested in filling a long-term injury or a vacancy or a you know, whatever the the hole is on their list, and they'll be able to draft that player from a state league. Interestingly, they have put in a thing here. So if two clubs both nominate the same player at the same period of time, so round four comes and Melbourne and uh, Carlton, let's say, both put a player from the state league on their list, it goes to the lower the club that's lower on the ladder. So you're going to have eight-point games with bottom eight teams that are going to actually not just be worth eight points on the ladder. They're going to be worth a good player. So it's going to be interesting to see if that affects tanking from teams. Patch, do you have any thoughts on this uh, new close-to-free agency system? Yes. Yes, I do, Lake Dog. <laughs> what are they? <laughs> I, I, yeah, no, you've covered most of it, really. I think it's just... Yeah, slowly organising itself towards a, a proper league with its big boy pants on. Um, you know, I've got, I'm one of those people that's got that weird sentimentality attachment to father sons and father daughters and all of that because it's dumb and no other sport does it, which I kind of like. It's like the kicking out of the goal square before you got to play on. 
doesn't make any sense. Objectively, it's dumb, but I really like it. But yeah, objectively, these decisions that they're making are, are better for the game, better for the integrity of the draft, better for the sport. Um, and yeah, the the free agency list size, well, basically waiver wire throughout the season will be interesting from yeah list management perspective, and then also from a super coach perspective, because oh boy, if we see a ruckman go down and suddenly you know someone gets drafted out of nowhere, um, maybe they become relevant. Maybe I I don't know. It's it'll be very interesting from a super coach perspective, as well. And that's the thing I really, yeah, really keen to tackle. I'm not sure, Damo, if we'll see much action in this space. I think um, there's going to be plenty of bargains with the lack of knowledge of this year's draftees because of the obviously they haven't been able to play. So there's going to be some bargains floating around. So I wouldn't be surprised if clubs go in with list spots available just to take advantage of something like this. Yeah, that's a really good point. I mean, obviously with the list sizes um, up up in the air at the moment, clubs might leave that a space or two open until that's confirmed and jump on someone who hasn't been drafted um, and take advantage of these new rules. Um, but then there's also the case of when the list sizes are confirmed, I doubt we'll see clubs stock up on Ruckman like we've seen at clubs like St Kilda and West Coast, whereas so they'll go for Ruckman only maybe one or two on the list outside of the one, the main one on um, in their 22. And so if that Ruckman goes down, they might bring in someone to back up the person who has come in to fill that spot. Yeah, I see this being used effectively as an extended rookie list. Obviously, you'll need to have the space on your on your list. But the first thing that comes to my mind is maybe GWS don't re-sign Big Shane Mumford. Maybe they get Bruce in, they leave a spot open, they play Mumford in um, the next division down, he continues to coach, and then if they need him, they then call him up. Obviously, he'd have to you know, if other clubs would have the opportunity to sign him. But I suspect if Shane Mumford's coaching at GWS and playing in the lower division, no one's going to jump on him. But I think there's going to be some room for people to stuff around with this. But I think for the most part, it's a good thing and a step towards proper free agency. They also announced that there will be a preseason supplementary selection period this year, as there was last year. So effectively, closer to the season, there'll be opportunities for players who weren't drafted to find their way onto lists. Um, Once again, I suspect that'll only be used by maybe one or two teams. Damo, we have had some action today and a couple of trades went down and I know we should really talk about them in order, but let's just start straight away with the one that affects your club because we've got you here to talk about it. Jesse Hogan has departed the Fremantle Football Club and they've received a third-round selection for him. What are your thoughts? What are your feelings? It really didn't work out for the Dockers, that trade, and they gave up a lot to get him in. But in the end, they're sending him to a club that has a role for him outside of a football state, um, and the Dockers have got his salary completely off their books. So the Dockers probably could have got a better pick or a more fair trade if they were willing to pay any of jesse hogan's contract but um gws have been happy enough to take the entire contract off the dockers i actually believe it's a new contract with incentives rather than a continuation of the Fremantle contract but 
by the way, it's completely off the Dockers' books now. So the Dockers aren't going to pay that 650k per year plus whatever incentives he had um, while he was in purple. Now he's in the orange and charcoal and hopefully can get his life back on track. Obviously, I don't think we're going to talk about him having any sort of super coach relevance based on the fact that we don't think Joe Danaher has any super coach relevance. But personally, I think this is a really good gamble for the GWS Giants. In 50% of his seasons, he's kicked 40-plus goals, 41-plus goals. Obviously, he's had three seasons where he's really struggled, but he has shown that he can be a goal kicker. He actually has shown he can be a super coach scorer at 92 average in 2018. Don't think that's happening again, ever. But I think he's going to be a valuable asset for GWS if uh, if he applies himself, Patch. Yeah, absolutely. I'd, I'm interested as to see if the, the talk about him moving to the other end of the ground comes to fruition um, up there. Obviously, Phil Davis is getting on. They've lost Aiden Core, a few other holes to fill that could could be a backline play. And if you know, if he does, maybe there is super coach relevance there. But by gum, I'm not going to start him. Yeah, it'll be interesting. And you know, if they lose Cameron, it'll be interesting. If Cameron stays, it'll be interesting. Yeah, I think it's a, a good move for football. And if as Damo said, if Jesse Hogan can get his life together and get back to playing the football that he's good at playing, we know he's a good pick. We know he's a good player. That that's that's good to watch. It's good for football. And also loving the irony of the Giants getting access to him in the mini draft way back when with pick two and him finally ending up back at that club is a, a nice little nice little circle of life, if you'd call it, a circle of football. Fremantle get picked at pick fifty four for Jesse Hogan. Well GWS had to get pick fifty four from somewhere. That came from West Coast Demo when they traded for Zach Langdon out of GWS. Small forward, do you know much about him? He's coming into your state. So he's more a pressure forward than a goal scorer, but he can hit the scoreboard. Um, and he's actually, he's very good at moving into the midfield, especially on top of the wing spot as well. So if uh, Jared Brander does move to the back line, like he says that he wants to, nail down a spot there then I assume Zach Langdon will be playing that wing sort of half forward role and perhaps even that small forward role until they know what's going on with Willie Rioli. Yeah, I think that's primarily what he's there for. I saw some people point out, I believe it was HPN footy. I might be giving the wrong attribution there, but they were saying with their key forwards getting older, they might move to a more pressure style game to keep the ball in the forward 50 to allow those guys to maximize their opportunities Langdon brings that in terms of super coach patch. He's not one that we need to look at. Uh, high career average was his first season. No, God, no, absolutely not. Not even in a draft league would you really consider drafting him unless you've got like full squads and, you know, full squads of like 40. Maybe you'd think about it then. But no, no, he's not relevant. No, he's not relevant. But it's it's an interesting move. And I think there was a number of teams that were looking at him, but uh, he gets across to West Coast. Oleg Markov. This is probably... Oleg! Yes! <laughs> the big mustachioed Markov is, is probably the most relevant for us super coach, do we think, Patch? We'll talk about Brad Couch after this. He gets to Gold Coast for a third future third round selection. Patch, you're excited by him for a myriad of reasons, mostly selfish reasons, but... I mean, they're all he's selfish got a... reasons. <laughs> He's got a career-high average of 65 from six games this year. 
hasn't ever really showed us what he can do, hasn't really had a chance to do that. What do you think he can be? How do you think he fits into Supercoach? Um, in terms of Supercoach, he fits in very nicely into one of my Keeper Draft League teams, which is the reason I've been keeping a close eye on him, that and the moustache, which, my God, is about the only moustache that has ever I've ever seen that's topped yours, Lek, because it's sensational. Um, where was that? What was I talking about? Supercoach, of course. Um <laughs> Yeah, no, he's, he had the average of 65 this year. Showed he could, you know, scored a few 70s, scored an 81. Was okay in the, the times he was given license to run off the um, the back flank with Hawley out of the Tigers' side. But in terms of what he'll produce on a half-back flank for the Suns with Pierce Hanley gone and with Jared Hardbrow at the end of his career, know, maybe he'll be like, what, 300k, 350k? I, I mean, you're not going to start him. Maybe he's a sneaky draft option if you're into that sort of thing. But yeah, if if he becomes someone worth selecting in Supercoach, we'll jump on him after four rounds. We won't won't start him, I don't think. Damo, how do you feel about that? I can see him being started in a lot of teams next to the likes of Jake Lloyd and Zach Williams. Um purely just because of the role that has opened up for him with Pierce Hanley retiring. Uh, but I don't think I will be starting with him myself. Wouldn't surprise me if he turns into a relevant super coach player though. Yeah, I agree. And I got the, I've got the feeling that maybe this, this will be a player that you expect heaps of when he moves over. We always seem to expect players when they move clubs to increase their super coach output almost straight away. I think he, this guy might be a slow burn. It might be a, a season or two before we see his peak, but, you know, could be wrong, and it's a corrective trade if required. I do think he's worth snagging. Um, in the middle of, middle to late draft, there's generally a fair few defenders you can grab. Gentlemen, the final action that was today, and after it was reported that he was 100% Adelaide was going to match and that they were going to force a trade, it was 100% locked in. I know for a fact he's going to get matched. Well, Brad Crouch wasn't matched, and he finds himself at St. Kilda. Had a, a, a bit of a down year from a super coach sense. Just the 12 games was limited, and only the 83.5 point average patch. He hasn't tonned up, well, he hasn't averaged a ton for a season yet. Can he change that heading over? To St. Kilda? Maybe. I mean, he's going to miss the first two games of next year anyway because he was caught running through the Adelaide CBD with a bag of some sort of drug. I can't remember what drug it was. He was a What do they boy. call it? A pow- it was a, a powder a powder based product? Or what, what do they call I, it? I can't remember. An, an illicit substance, which he was handed yes. and said, My laundry is ready, and then left the courtroom. Um, so, I mean, we're not going to start him. We get a chance to have a look at him. Maybe he'll be cheap, but will he improve his output? I don't know. He's not. You know, he gets a very handball happy, which works with you, Clayton Oliver. Unfortunately, he's not Clayton Oliver. So, yeah, I'm not, not enthused by him from a Supercoach perspective at all, really. Damo, do you think that he can get back to his best scoring-wise alongside the, the likes of Jack Steele and Zach Jones? How do you see it playing out, and uh, is he someone that you're going to consider? I'm glad you mentioned Jack Steele, because I think uh, Jack Crouch's uh, addition... um, Did you say Jack Crouch? Yes, that was part of his contract terms. He has to change his name to Jack Crouch, and he (laughs) has to get the same haircut as Jack Billings, Jack Steele, and Jack Sinclair. 
Um, anyway, I think Brad Crouch's addition to St. Kilda will make Jack Steele uh, a better super coach player in 2021. I like that. Do you just think that he'll free him up a bit? He'll be there to handball to him a bit of the Matt Crouch, Brad Crouch, one, two tandem to boost each other's points. Yeah, I think they'll work really well with each other. So as a selection, is Brad Crouch on your radar or do you think it's purely a play to increase Jack Steele's value? I think it'll improve Jack Steele. We won't see a major improvement in Brad Crouch's numbers. Yeah, I think he's he's strung a few, you know, he strings patches where he, he's scoring really well for us together. But I think for the most part, we've kind of seen his peak. If he was to improve again upon his best scoring output, he's still only going to be a low hundred score probably. And it's not someone you're going to really want to start. Um, and it's not someone that you're going to want to finish with. That's for sure. But Hey, anything's possible. It's trade week. He's the next Brownlow medalist right now. Patch, you mentioned your love of mustaches on gentleman one in who is in our company at the moment, but his mustache is actually missing. It is. It's, And I believe you can tell us why. It is. I mean, it would be a tragedy if it weren't for such a noble cause, but like you've shaved your mow off for Movember like you do every year, you beautiful human being. So anyone who's got a few bucks to chuck, uh, Lex Wade, he's raising money for mental health support, all of that wonderful stuff. Uh, Movember.com slash Lekdog. If you got some, some money, throw some money his way because he's a good egg. Very good egg. Yeah, we're trying to raise two grand this year. That's kind of the bar I set each year. And it'll push us over 10 grand over the last, what, four or five years. So uh, if you can, feel free to donate. Um, it's a great cause for mental health. And we've spoken about that before on this pod. You know, we're big advocados for men speaking out and looking after themselves. Absolutely. Chuck some money his way. Look after yourselves. Get ready for more crazy trade shenanigans uh, because, oh boy, it's all happening.